Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm thrilled to introduce my next guest, Sofia Rodriguez-Mata. Sofia has had a dynamic career in the community industry, working for a university, building community in education tech, and helping manage community at a SaaS tech giant. Now she works at Venify as the director of community. Today, Sofia shares the challenges she has faced in launching community and how she worked to overcome them. She also shares her advice for setting the right expectations internally and getting buy-in from your team. Sophia, I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you very much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for inviting me. I'm totally picturing us in that blue sofa chair that's in the cover art of the podcast. We're just chatting. We're having fun. (laughs) That's right. Welcome to the community corner. (laughs) (laughs) Excited to be here. I want to dive right in. You know, we know you, Sophia, you've been around the CMX community for so long. You are a pillar in the industry, I would say. And your career has been filled with so many different, you know, experiences and communities and things that you're building and things you've been in charge of. But I want to hear what kind of drew you to the role of community manager and the types of different communities that you have been supporting. Beth, what a way to start. That is so flattering. So thank you. I do sometimes think it's funny how life places us in these situations that in retrospect almost seem like destiny, like it was just meant to be. But in reality, it can just really throw you off when you're actually in it. And I say that that has been half of my really journey into community building is that half of it was how I reacted to situations and the other half was around the opportunities that arose at the time. So I think when I think back to way back when I got into this, I've been community building since I could get my hands on a computer. And I think part of that was because I was an immigrant. And at the time, I could read English a lot better than I could actually speak it. So I was looking for a place where I could make connections and really find a place of belonging. And so, of course, this was also around the time of the magical place of the World Wide Web. And my generation, I think, was really unique in that we could go knock on our neighbor's door and ask like our neighborhood kid to come hang out. But at the same time, through our computers, we also had access to anyone in the world. And I think that's still happening now. But the way that I see it with kids now in this generation is that they're more likely to be on Discord to play Minecraft or be streaming on Twitch. And that's how they're making connections instead of talking to someone on a landline. And I didn't know it at the time. But that first experience and just being in forums and guilds and messaging really was the start of my community journey and my community career. And the first time I actually got paid to do community was in university. It was not a community manager title. And I think a lot of people might resonate with that is that they were doing community building. Maybe it wasn't the actual title, but they knew that the work itself was what they wanted to do. And at the time... The community I was building for was for students. It was really focused around making sure that students would be successful in their new home or their new campus. And you could even reflect that to, you know, we had these different groups that you could call chapters or even user groups. 
instead of user group leaders, we had facilitators. So it's still a lot of the same systems. And from there, I then went into education technology. And this was my first gig in tech in Silicon Valley. It was a huge, almost clash in getting to know a new industry and space. And this was really interesting because it was a startup. There was a lot of like testing, failure, success, testing. It was a lot of um, really young people. So a lot of like busing energy. And here I got more experience in field marketing, events, advocacy, lead generation. And I think this was the first time I really saw a company looking at community as the answer to expanding their customer base. They had like a really unique outlook at the time. And then you know this, I then joined a really big CRM company. Some would say that it puts SaaS on the map. And this experience, I think, was like getting a PhD in community building. You had online community, MVP program, top contributors, ideation questions, anything you could really wish for. And it was just filled with some of the best people. And a lot of the community members that I worked with at the time, I still keep in touch with them. And that's something where wherever I go next or wherever, whenever I am looking to just sign a new community, I think back to the experience of just creating a place where people are open and friendly and they want to help out. So I definitely feel really lucky that in almost a decade ago, I trusted my gut and I really invested in looking for either people I could learn from or opportunities that I knew could teach me something. And it could have been a failure, Beth, like, I did not study this. I didn't think I was going to be a community builder. I studied industrial engineering and technical communication, like nothing at all to do with this. But this crazy chance at the time turned out into an amazing career that I'm still living and happy to be in. That's so cool. And I really appreciate that you had this experience working for multiple organizations and companies where, you know, community was so important to begin with. And so... I mean, now you're at Venify, your new gig, shiny brand new gig. (laughs) And I want to know what led Venify to investing in a community. And would you say that it's the same? Like they look at community as kind of the answer to those problems. Yes, I would say Venify is really interesting. The first conversation I had with our CEO, he actually told me that back in the day, he had been a user group leader. So although Venify, the company wasn't didn't have a community at the time, I feel like in his mind, it was always something that could happen, something that might happen. And what really started things in motion was in 2019, they hosted a customer summit when things were still in person, like pre-pandemic. And they noticed that they just couldn't peel their customers away from each other because they were having such deep conversations. And it was happening all over the place. Like people were supposed to go to sessions or Um, the next keynote. And they just saw that they were still talking to each other. So I think that really sparked for Benefy the need for a community to have a space where um, their customers could come together to share, to network, to get feedback, and even just to have fun. So that's when my boss was hired and she brought me into the team. And now we're really focused around taking that same energy from Summit into the online community and then eventually more programs. Very cool. And so then how did you go about naming the community? (laughs) Were you in (laughs) on that conversation? No. So this was actually something that was in existence and our CEO is really big on identity. And I think the reason why is if you're thinking of who our customers are and 
This was actually part of a big part of what I had to learn my first 30 to 60 days because I had never been in the cybersecurity space. But you have folks who are PKI admins, PKI developers, security architects, they're in DevOps. You might have some chief information security officers. But in general, the people that are in the community, they're kind of the unsung heroes. They're the people who, as long as things are going okay, no one really talks to them, like no one's really bothering them. But as soon as something does, does go wrong, everyone's like coming to them. It's suddenly like this huge thing, this huge alarm. And so I really see them as these unsung heroes, you know, they're keeping both people and machines safe. And that's really where I think the identity of warriors came about because these individuals that are a part of these community, they are warriors. They're protecting um, both people and machines. And it's something that really resonated for me when I was applying for this job. And I think it also resonates to who our community members are. That's such a great example of an identity. And I think you're right when you say things like, well, you know, we don't need security because things are going so well. Well, it's probably because you have such good security that things are going well. So I like that unsung heroes, but the warriors. And so, I mean, what challenges have you faced while starting up this community? Such a good question. And I had such a perfect 30, 60, 90 day plan. I don't know if other folks do this when they um, start a new job, but it's something where I knew it wasn't actually going to come to fruition because it's just a plan. And so I would encourage like if anyone's listening and something happens, maybe things don't start off the way that they thought they were going to, it happens to everyone. You know, just take that deep breath and say, go with it. And why I mentioned that is because I was thinking of starting off with kind of these three components at work. It was going to be learn, strategize, and implement. And part of that was, you know, learning is learning the business, learning the space, learning what type of risk there are in the community, what type of tools we're using, anything in that range, and even just getting to know our community members, like who are they? And then strategize was going to be, you know, what's the best way to launch the online community? Should we focus on support or ideation first? You know, what's the best plan of action here? And implement was going to be actually like launching our online community first. But in the middle of all this, our customer summit happened. And then all of a sudden, like everything got derailed for me. So I was trying to, you know, pick a platform for our online community while also working on our engagement and moderation plan for summit. So I would say for me personally, like some of the most difficult things in launching the community is just the things you don't expect to happen. And it's also, you know, when you're thinking of what the future of the community could look like, there's so many what ifs. There's a lot of decisions that you have to make with just educated guesses. You don't know if the platform you're picking is actually going to be the best one. What if the way that you pick your, you know, messaging for your new member experience is somewhat wrong? Or what if you start to focus on like the wrong community persona? There's just so many ways that you could potentially mess up or you could have done something better, but you have to kind of look at those as just experiences, right? Like you're going to be able to manage that, but it's really the accidentals that tend to maybe mess you up more. That's really good advice. And I would like to ask then for more advice from you on behalf sure. of, I know there are some 
listeners and members in the CMX and Bevy community who struggle with this. And it might, I think in your experience, you were hired by someone who's like all in on community anyway. Mm -hmm. But how do you make sure when you're joining a job or a, a community that you're setting the right expectations for what's possible? Because, you know, okay, I'm going to audit, I'm going to learn, I'm going to strategize, I'm going to implement. But like, how do you make sure that your boss and your team know how much time that might take? What are the expectations of you? What are the expectations that you have of them? Do you have any advice about that? Yeah, my magic phrase is always, it depends, because it's going to depend for every situation. But I would say there are things that you can apply to your situation. It might not be the same as mine, but hopefully these things help you out. And I think for the most part, when you're working internally, so not with your community, but in your internal organization, you want to have a common understanding of just like how both of your worlds work. So let me try to explain that a little bit better. But one of the first things that you're doing is speaking with stakeholders. And in those conversations, you're understanding how their world works. You know, what's important to their team? What are some of the KPIs that they're really trying to work on? What programs have they worked on? And how long did those programs actually take them in order to be successful and to show that success? And I think when you start to have those conversations and you can relate community and community launch and community building in terms that they understand, that's when I've seen the light bulb go off. Because sometimes we spend so much time speaking in different languages that I think that's when a lot of the miscommunication or like misunderstanding really occurs. So if you approach whether it's you know the C-suite, executives, leadership, or other teams with examples and terms that they're really going to resonate with, that's going to help in those conversations. Great advice. I know who I'm going to be sharing this podcast <laughs> episode with. Thanks, Sophia. Ooh, of course. <laughs> okay, we've got a couple minutes and I've got a couple more questions. So I would just love to hear if you can share what is coming down the pike at Venify that you're excited about. Are you able to share any exciting things coming up? Yes. And I think we talked about this a little bit, Beth, a while ago, which I think is one of the really awesome things about just like CMX and Bevy is that you get to make all these friendships and talk to each other about your communities and what you're building. But one of the things that we are gearing up for is the launch of our online community. It's going to happen around June and July. From then, we're also working on launching a user group program and our top contributors program. And we're also going to keep expanding our team. So I'll actually be hiring for a community manager as well. So just looking at this year, like the calendar, there's so much to be excited for. Wow. Okay. Launch, launch, launch. I feel like we need to talk again in a few months, (laughs) like after (laughs) launch, talk about how it went. Okay. And then last question. And I ask everybody this question. If you could go for lunch with anyone in the community industry, who would you go for lunch with? Amazing question. And I want to see what other folks said. I think I'm going to give you an anti-list answer because, and I'll share why, I'll, I'll have a vulnerable moment with you. When I was first joining this space, I actually had the opportunity to grab lunch with someone that a lot of people held up in just this pedestal. They said, this person is the community professional person to speak to. And I was so excited. I introduced myself, like me and all my eagerness and excitement, and they completely shut me down. It was one of those things where 
they almost turned their back to me and then just sat down. And the person they were talking to kind of gave me that look of like, oh, sorry, like this is awkward. And I took that experience and I was like, I don't want to be that type of community builder that ever makes anyone feel that way. And so I think for this, I would say this is an open invitation to anyone who's ever felt like they don't belong in a list, like they didn't get tagged in some Twitter list or like they're not getting the shout out that they think that they deserve or they want. Come sit at my table. Like, let's have lunch. Let's just make this this huge, huge table. And Beth is also going to be there. So we're both going to be hanging out at this table. I can't wait until we can meet in person, Sophia, and go for lunch. And we'll have to get the biggest table in the restaurant because I hope that more and more people will join us. Yes. <laughs> we'll just get the whole restaurant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's always such a pleasure to chat with you. And I'm so thrilled that you were able to join me today. And thank you so much. Um, we definitely should do a part two. I think it'll be great. Follow us on our journey. But thanks again, Beth, for having me on the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. 